paycheck when the bulls leave I'm a Hey guys, this is Rob with Varsity Media Group here and I am incredibly happy to welcome Dan Campbell today from Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties. Uh, Dan, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Um, got a, my dog is a little sick and my baby is a little fussy, but otherwise, it's good. It's just a day at home. Gotcha, gotcha. So with, with our readers and kind of our audience, some of them might not be super familiar with Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties project, or they might be familiar with you with your work with the Wonder Years. Could you give us a brief synopsis of kind of what Aaron West is and like what that project kind of means to you and how that's... Uh, yeah, that a little history on it, maybe. Aaron West's project had started in 2013. I started writing for it. It was just a thing I was doing for myself, really. I, I just wanted to write some songs apart from Wonder Years just to kind of flex my songwriting muscles. And mm-hmm. I thought that it would be best to write not songs about me because that, you know, potentially then I could be like pilfering lyrics from myself that I need later for Wonder Years records. Mm-hmm. And so instead of writing songs about myself and my life or my experiences, I thought that I would create a character, um, block out a story arc, break the story into songs, you know, and then use the story to fill in the lyrics to create the piece. And then I showed it to A. Sanders, who is a producer and the singer of the early November. And he said, hey, this is this is pretty good. I'd like to produce this record if you want to actually make it. And so then I took it to our record label and said, hey, uh, I've been writing these songs. I don't know if you want anything to do with it, but Ace wants to make the record. And I sent them like iPhone voice note demos and they were like, yeah, this is rough, but I think that you can make something cool out of it. So sure. And so we made the record and put that out. And I was like, okay, done and done. Did the thing. And then people were like, well, are you going to come play it? And I'm like, Okay, sure. But because it's in because it's about a character, I thought I should play in character. And so then I started getting ready to play these shows and it's this kind of mixture live of like it's like somewhere between a show and like musical theater. Because okay. I'm I'm playing the character the whole time. So in between the songs I am still playing the character. When I'm on stage, you know, just as if you were going to see a play or a professional wrestling event or anything else, mm-hmm. you acknowledge that the person performing for you is not the person they are purporting to be just because that's what it is is that we kind of when I do it live I do the whole thing in character and so I was like okay I'm gonna play a couple shows and then uh it just kind of kept getting I kept getting requests to play and offers to play and so I did for a couple years and I made like you know four more songs over the course of two little EPs Mm -hmm. and then the label came and said are you gonna make more of these and I said, okay. So uh, we signed another deal and, and made another record uh, that came out last week mm-hmm. uh, called Routine Maintenance. And, you know, it, it's obviously a continuation of the story and excited to have it out. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. So with this new record uh, coming out, what what kind of reception have you uh, have you been getting from, you know, whether it's fans, media looking at it, things like that? Is, is people people digging the new record? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably not a, a fair... Um, <laughs> a fair sample to take because all I'm looking at is like the the Twitter or right or like uh, that, that's fair or that's people, fair the fans but I see a lot of people saying album of the year so yeah so I mean I think that it, it has a, a somewhat limited scope like we the label mm-hmm. was trying to pitch it to um, to do some like Americana playlists or whatever mm-hmm. and it kind of gets written off by a lot of those people as like no it's the guy from the like the indie emo band we, we don't want it 
mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, but listen to like the banjo and the horn section and the harmonica. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know who the guy is. We don't want to. It's a, a thing that we've kind of been running our heads into. Um, and so it doesn't seem like it's going to have like an opportunity to maybe expand super far out of uh, this mm-hmm. world, but we have gotten some nice looks like No Depression covered it, which was very kind of them. But that's really not the point of it, you know, uh, it's such an insular thing and like it kind of it exists in like a closed loop of a universe that is only for the songs you kind of have to be already interested in it i think well i shouldn't say that because that means no one listening to this is going to go listen to the record that's not what i mean i think it's a great record on its own but Mm -hmm. i think that if you want to really get it you have to go back and listen to the first record it's like it would be hopping in on season two of a tv series and being like wait who's this guy wait why is he doing this right so you know it's it it has its own universe that it exists in that is acknowledged by the people that listen to it and when they come to the show they acknowledge that they are no longer you know at the merch mm-hmm. table, if I'm there selling a T-shirt, they'll come up and say, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? Hey, I love that new Wonder Years record, or I saw you last time you were in town with your other band. But when I go on stage, everyone in the room seems to acknowledge, okay, we are now watching Aaron West perform songs about his life, and we everyone suspends disbelief. And it's kind mm-hmm. of a cool thing, and I love what it is. And so I'm not, like, particularly interested in, in too much more than that. I just kind of love doing the thing the way I do it. We have to play you know, generally like three to 500 cap rooms filled with people that love it. And that's, that's a lot of fun. It did get some, it's actually getting a, a good deal of radio play in Philadelphia, which is very cool. Um, our like terrestrial FM alt-rock station, um, mm-hmm. which is very cool of them. But outside of that, I don't think it's getting any of that kind of stuff. So you said that this record is kind of a continuation of the timeline from from the first LP that you put out. When you were approaching the writing of this record, were you looking to touch on anything in particular? Were there like story ideas you had hashed out? Like what was what was that process like going into putting this record together? Well, so from the very very beginning, it was you know it was difficult because the, it was only supposed to be one record. Actually, it wasn't supposed to even be one record. It was just a thing I was doing to occupy my time and um, kind of like exercise my songwriting. And then so mm-hmm. then like we made the record, I didn't think anyone would like it, and then they did, and then I was like, okay, now they'll like it, and I was trying, you know, so there's, uh, but I think the, the big thing that happened was I came to this realization that if I had been standing on a stage and saying, hi, my name is Aaron West, and the people behind me are the Roaring Twenties, and these are some songs about my life, and then I go make a record where that doesn't happen, then the universe has this continuity gap, right? Like, mm-hmm. If I have Aaron as like a fisherman in Norway, but you saw him play these songs in St. Louis, something doesn't line up. And so I knew that over the course of this album, what I had to do was be plain about the fact that he does play music and that he does play it in front of people sometimes and build that into the narrative structure and the arc in order to maintain the continuity of the, the Aaron West universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I personally, I mean, I I loved this record when we got our uh, got our copy of it over at over at Varsity, and I listened to it a couple times through, and you know, Appreciate it de- definitely, definitely, in my opinion, some of the strongest writing that you've done. Huge fan of this project and the work that you did with the One to Years as well. And there were a couple moments where I had to kind of stop it aside collect myself and then come back and revisit just because you know that you've done a very very good job at you know weaving that that character together and having listeners kind of invest in in his story and the, and the things that 
you're talking about over the course of these two records. You know, kudos Thank to you. you yeah, on I mean, that. there's a lot of time and effort and energy that goes into it. It's not, you know, because a lot of it is like we have to make sure that we're avoiding easy plot tropes and easy things, and then, you know, and also uh, doing our best to avoid continuity issues and plot hole issues and, and that everything is like well researched and to a, you know so there's a degree of believability to it um mm-hmm. it certainly is not like a quick like oh well let me just grab my guitar and fucking write one and then it's done and let's move on and yeah. then you know the goal obviously is emotional resonance and we want you to to feel for the characters and, and we want that to be heightened because you listen to the first one just again like i hate to reference like other uh, mediums, but I think that this is a kind of a cross-medium project because it is an album, but like it is almost functioning in a way like a like a TV series where you know every song is an episode and every album is a season, and you know we're into the season two arc. And so at the end of the season two finale, if you don't care enough about the character to cry, then the character is not well-developed enough, you know, or to, to feel yeah. happy when they feel happy. And, you know, and then again, like when we do it live, it's, it, it takes on this like musical theater medium where like, I, I often say it takes on a pro wrestling medium where you are acknowledging that you know I am not the person that I'm standing on stage telling you that I am, but you were going to put that knowledge aside for the sake of the, the art. And then speaking of, the live show you're going to be going to be leaving to to tour this record a little bit uh in the near future i am yeah uh, a week from tomorrow well the first show is Bloodfest on saturday but the, okay. the first show like in the van going to do the damn thing is a week from tomorrow mm-hmm. that's awesome i'm i'm really looking forward to to catching that either in baltimore or pittsburgh i don't know which one yet but but yeah really looking forward to kind of experiencing that that kind of showmanship aspect of uh, of of this music um, and in this project that you put together in a live setting because I haven't had the chance to do that yet. But, yeah. Yeah, and what's cool is that, like, it's fun. I mean, this tour, uh, you know what, never mind. I'm not, I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I uh, it's a very, very bittersweet thing because I really would like to go. I'm excited about playing these songs and I'm excited about, you know, going out you know, talking to people about the record and mm-hmm. and also it's fun to go on tour in a van again, you know, and, and do the drives yourself and see the things and stop at the weird truck stop. But also I, my son is only like six weeks old and I am very, very mm-hmm. upset about leaving him. So yeah, I, like I can't even, here. can't even imagine how, how difficult that must be. So I just keep telling myself it's only two weeks. It'll be fine. Well, I mean, that's really, uh, really about all that I had. Is there anything that, you know, you have coming up, anything that you'd want to say or anything like that? If you want to listen to it, you can definitely just put on this record. And you know, some of the songwriting that I'm proudest of, and you can just be like, wow, this is, you can enjoy it for what it is and say, here are some, some cool songs with like a great horn section and some beautiful string arrangements and all the things. I had some really wonderful people come in and play on this. But if you really want to invest in the project, I think you can start with We Don't Have Each Other and then listen to Bittersweet and then Orchard Park and then Routine Maintenance. There's a little bit of homework because you have to kind of listen to 14 songs before you can listen to this record to really understand the whole thing. But yeah. whatever you do with it is up to you. Uh, it's yours now. I released it. It's no longer mine. It is now yours. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with me today. And you know, I wish you, wish you the best as you go out on tour and uh, wish you the best with being a new dad and all that stuff. I very Hope much appreciate it. I'm actually going to go uh, take over right now. Mom's having for a little bit. So I will talk to you soon. All righty. All right. See you. Have a good one.